We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, baseball is in full swing, and this week we are joined in the garage by Indians rookie outfielder Daniel Johnson. Daniel talks to about us about his journey to get into the major leagues, his first hit as a major league ball player, and what life is like playing with no fans in this unique season. All that, plus he joins us for our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway, pull up your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. Hey, welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, as always, I am Michael Keefe here, uh, leading things off. You can find me on Twitter at Garage Beers Mike. With me, as always, before we get to we have a really awesome special guest here tonight, and we're really excited to bring him in. But before we get to him, uh, let's run it around the horn. Over on the east side of Cleveland, we got Chad Meyer back from vacation. What's going on at Garage Beers? Chad, what's going on, Chad? I survived a hurricane. I survived snobby old people. <laughs> and uh, I, I drank a lot <laughs> of Garage Beers. <laughs> Well, what if else do you do in Delaware? Like, like if this happened on, on Sunday, I might have not have a garage beer tonight because I would have just needed a day to recover. But <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to go. I'm glad to see you have your energy back after your 75 million pounds of hot pot. Uh, and yeah. Dude, don't mess with hot pot. I didn't need it today, though, so I have a little energy. So Chad's good. He's back from vacation. And then as always down in Nashville, Tennessee, Joey Whalen, what's going on, Joe at, well, at garage beers, Joe on Twitter. Yeah. What's going on, Joe? Yeah. Uh, not much. I'm good. I could use a vacation. Might have to make a trip to Delaware sometime soon. I didn't know. Or Cleveland. About that people. Oh, Cleveland. Yeah. You got Nashville. Listen, I'm telling you, you know, like you've seen Wayne's world and you're like, hi, I'm in Delaware. Like you see that. And like, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, underrated if you've never been to delaware go you'll you'll enjoy the the beaches were great the activities were great there's so much room for them but uh post-covid and the crab oh my god did you see that i got it i got a dead horseshoe crab i like i like i i I, caught a dead dead animal oh my god (laughs) it's the first thing i ever caught in my life it was amazing i heard uh delaware is one of the uh I heard Delaware is one of the top 50 states to visit, so I'll have to try that sometime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bring it on in. All right, so the guys are good, and now let us bring in our special guest. 
we're so excited. Uh, our first current Cleveland Indian joining us on the podcast. Uh, he made his major league debut this year after spending last year in the tribe system and then the previous three seasons in the national system. Uh, he came over in the Jan Gomes trade and he collected his first hit on July 28th, which was a lot of fun to watch against the White Sox, uh, though he hit it too hard to get the RBI. Mm. Carlos Santana couldn't score on it. So he, just, <laughs> he roped a ball to center field. Uh, so we're bringing in Mr. Exquisite himself. Daniel Johnson joins us on the podcast. Daniel, what's going on? I'm good, man. How you guys doing today? Man, well, tonight got, I should say. We're, we're exquisite. Talking, we got you here. We're talking baseball. That's the definition of exquisite. Exactly. Exactly. Get the piano off your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carlos said, couldn't have been Bradley Zimmer on second base, huh? It had to be Santana. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about your first hit. We're going to talk about your first season, kind of everything that's going on. But before we get into a little bit about Mr. Exquisite himself, uh, we, of course, have to do our Garage Beers of the Week. And we're excited because Daniel's joining us for Garage Beers of the Week. So, Daniel, we always let our guest introduce their drink first. So just tell us what you're drinking, uh, what you got mixed up over there, what you like. I got a, I got a little mellow uh, tequila pineapple, you know. It's oh, not. There you go. It's not too hard. I mean, it's not too soft. It's just kind of where I want to be. Where you want to be is where we want to be. Exactly. I'm a big, I'm a big tequila guy. So, you know, that's always my first go-to. And the pineapple kind of gives it that little, that little mellow taste yeah. to it. It's not too strong. So, what's your favorite tequila? Don Julio. Don Julio, always a good one. Yes, Don Julio Blanco, I should say. Yeah. Ch- Chad looks like he's got a real strong opinion on this. <laughs> favorite tequila is that we kind of asked at the same time oh sorry uh so cool all right so we got our first our first garage tequila on the podcast we again garage beers might be a one of one might be a one of one (laughs) you know what (laughs) i probably doubt it because one of us will probably do it too all of us tequila shots one week who knows right right uh so tequila makes its first appearance uh, now we are going to head down to Nashville. Let's see what Joe, Joe, what is your garage beer of the week this week? Uh, going back to Tennessee beer. Uh, we have Tennessee Brewers 1927 IPA. Uh, and it's pretty good. I got nothing really special to say about it. Seven and a percent. Pretty strong. Uh, and having a good time with it. It gets the job done. All right. So back to Tennessee for Joe's garage beer of the week. Let's send it over to the east side. Chad, I, I feel like you probably have a special one here for us tonight after your vacation. Daniel, you just keep making history, man. You know, first, your first hit in the MLB, you know, you had the first tequila in Garage Beer's history. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little bit of history myself here. Um, this is a beer from Maryland that I, uh, we, we actually, I came, I kind of came upon this brewery. Uh, on my way to <laughs> on a target run on vacation, I'm telling you, when I, vac- when I go crazy on vacation, when I vacation, I vacation, aka the wife forgot the baby monitor, so we had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, came across this brewery on the way there, and we decided to stop. It was called Tall Tales, um, and it, it is in Parsonsburg, Maryland, and you can only find this in Maryland. They're they, they're only at a few local cities and towns in maryland and this is their the nice lady imperial oh, yeah. Stout. look at that can yeah. look at that can art uh, huh? that's, pretty, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty exquisite can oh it's exquisite yeah thank you thank you 
you wouldn't think uh, this was a stout, judging by the can art, but it's a uh, mix of Hawaiian coffee and hazelnuts, and it's just delicious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a nice dark pour. It's very smooth, not bitter, and I love it. Love it. So, cheers, guys. Nice, nice. All right. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a classic for my garage beer this week, a seasonal classic that has hit stores recently. And, and it's polarizing because some people love it and some people hate it, but I love it. I, for my garage beer of the week, I'm going to bust out the first fall beer on the garage beers podcast. And I'm going with the King mm. from Southern tier brewery. Pumpkin has hit the shelves, man. I got the official glass. I got the official glass and everything. I got the pumpkin glass. <laughs> but oh, I got it Southern tier. So I came prepared. I, you know what? I'm st- I'm still into summer beers. I'm still into the IPAs. I'll still drink the other stuff, but you get a limited amount of time throughout the year to pick up the pumpkins, uh, and you got to go with it. So, Southern Tier. Uh, I think it's my second Southern Tier Garage be- Beer of the Week, but it's the king. It is the pumpkin, uh, and it is out in stores now. So it's uh, I don't know. I love the fall, and you know now we got fall baseball. Now baseball is pretty much just a fall sport this year. So exactly. we're going with the fall beer. Exactly. All right, so those are our Garage Beers of the Week, Send and Run, plus our Garage Tequila of the Week. So cheers to you guys. Cheers to everybody out there listening. And, uh, and let's talk a little bit about our special guest, Cleveland Indians outfielder, Daniel Johnson. Uh, and let's go back to that moment real quick because it's just, you know, how many times do you get the chance? You do. How many times do we get the chance to sit down with somebody that just a couple weeks ago got their first hit in Major League Baseball? Uh, what a special moment. Just, uh, you know, we got to start with that. Just uh, talk to us. We'll get into your journey and all that, but talk to us about that moment, about that feeling of, of you know, swinging the bat and finally seeing that ball sailing into the outfield and, and knowing that you had your first major league hit. Oh, man, it was, it was surreal because, you know, my very first at bat, uh, my first start, uh, July 25th, um, was it 25th? I don't quite remember. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my very first start, I believe it was July 25th. Yeah. Uh, we played in the Royals and I, my very first at bat, I smoked the ball to center field. And when I hit, I'm like, oh, that's down, that's down. And he ended, ended up hitting the right too many. He ends up catching it. I'm like, all right. Um, didn't get him getting hit that day. Um, a couple days later, get the start again. Um, ended up getting that first hit. And, and then it, it was just, I mean, it, it wasn't overwhelming, but it was kind of like in disbelief. Like I hit it and I, like, I knew it was going through. I knew it was down. I'm like, damn, I finally got that hit. I like, hear it. It's, yeah. it's here. I got the hit. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it was, I just had to take it all in, you know, even with like without having fans, you know, uh, at that point it really didn't matter. I mean, we were so used to playing with no fans in the summer camps and for that uh, two, three weeks that we had. Um, so at that point it was like another summer camp game, but it kind of actually counted. So, you know, knowing, that was my first major league hit, you know, seeing on the, on the, on the big screen. I'm like, yeah, that's everybody can see this, like who's watching. So it was, it was pretty dope. It was cool for us. We had been talking. Oh, go ahead, Chad. No, I was going to say, do you have the ball in your apartment there with you? Like, did, they, did you get no, the ball? I sent, it, I sent it home to my mom. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I had it, but I sent it home. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> so I, I sent it home ASAP. <laughs> Who else were we talking to that said that, that they didn't like keep any of their sports memorabilia and that they like sent it to their dad? Cecil Shorts. Cecil Shorts, football player, Cecil Shorts. Yeah. He didn't keep any of his, he has none of his own football memorabilia. His dad keeps it for him. So 
That's a good oh, gift yeah, to send I'll, to your mom. I'll keep. I'll keep some. That's probably all she gets. <laughs> You've had enough, mom. <laughs> yeah, you had enough. You got, you got the you got the baseball. You got the lineup card. I'm keeping everything else. <laughs> Dude, really, really cool moment because we had we we had already been talking to you a little bit, so it was just cool to be able to send you a message uh, the right. day you got your first hit. Hit like, hey man, that was awesome. So right, yeah, exactly. really cool exactly. to watch. Uh, I never stopped giving Carlos Santana a hard time that he didn't score on it. Uh, <laughs> you know, got a bad read or something. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go back to what you're talking about. How crazy has this experience been for you? Because obviously you're getting your first MLB experience, uh, but there are no fans and it's a shortened yeah. season and, and you get 60 games and, and just kind of talk about, you know, does it change anything as far as how you're feeling about getting your first taste of the major leagues or, 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 or what's it been like for you? I mean, obviously it's not ideal. It's like not, I might see you want the fans there, you know, it's because it's just a, the whole experience is, you know, having the fans there, having them cheering, you know, everything like that. But, I mean, you get called to the big leagues. So you, either either way it goes, fans or no fans, you're a big leaguer. So, at that point, I kind of just was like, okay, if it's not going to be any fans, forget about it. I'm going to go out there and play the game like I always play, regardless of who's watching. Um, so, I mean, this whole experience at first was kind of weird. It was, it was just real quiet in the stadium. But, after a while, you kind of get used to it. And they kind of play, like, some, uh, like, voiceover of fans that record the fans, like, in the stadium, like, not too loud, but, like, kind of to where you kind of get that atmosphere, like, game. Um, so it's not too bad. As of now, it's, we're used to it. I mean, it'd probably be weird having fans there after we're done. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, 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 been, it's been a cool experience. You know, I, it's, it's been a blessing. I couldn't ask for it have to happen any better. Is there anything? Is there anything as far as you know the, the the mental approach? Just because you know you guys are so used to having fans there, so like when it first started out, was there something you know like how big of a part in the mental process of going up there to bat, going out there to play, do, do the fans make? Um, it makes a big impact because uh, you know just that atmosphere, that environment. Like when this you know certain situations, it, it get louder and louder. Um, you know that that's a, that's a big time or it's a, a big situation that's happening. Um, so they definitely, we definitely feed off that energy as players, you know, when they, the game can get kind of dead, but you know, when they start cheering, we kind of get that adrenaline and, you know, get that extra push to keep going. Obviously with no fans is we kind of rely on each other as teammates to kind of get each other going and keep each other in the game and keep that, that focus for that, for that couple of hours that we're out there playing. Um, so no, definitely like, as of now, like the mental approach is even, even, you know, greater, you know, not having any fans, you got to kind of just have each other's backs, you know, make sure we're all, you know, zoom focus and, and locked in on the games. Even in those, especially in those big situations, you got to, you know, act like there are fans there and try to imagine the best you can. <laughs> I suppose for younger guys like yourself, it's probably not that crazy because I mean, you're just coming out of the minors. So like, right. listen, um, man, I've been to some Columbus Clippers games on like a Monday right. or Tuesday night where I was there with like 46 other people. <laughs> and like, you know, it's not like they're selling out like crazy everywhere in the minor leagues, even though they right. can get, you know, on a Friday night, I'm sure it's, it's different, but you know, it's, I'm sure it's not that totally different. Right. No, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not too much different. I mean, um, let's go back a little bit to you coming up and, and cause you've got kind of a fun journey uh, making your way. Well, now to the Indians, uh, right, right. obviously you grew up in the Bay area out in right. Vallejo, California. 
yes, the Valley Valley Joe. Valley Joe. Valley I know Joe. it's it, uh, the word that isn't pronounced right, whether it's English <laughs> or Spanish. Uh, right. Uh, obviously, had a great high school career. Uh, went undrafted in 2013, but that's like noted. Like when you research you, you went undrafted in 2013. Were you expecting to get drafted in 2013? No, nah, no. Nah, okay. Nah. I was I was one of those guys who was going to college like out the gate. Like it wasn't even the scouts didn't even know who I was. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your move. So you grew up, you know, Vallejo, California is right outside of San Francisco. It's it's right in the Bay Area. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the move because I love just thinking about what this must have been like for you to move from the Bay Area to Miami, Oklahoma, right. to Northeastern Oklahoma A&M College, which let's talk about that for a minute because they've had some athletes that have stopped by N-E-O A&M. Uh, like Jeremy Shockey played football there. right? And well, now this one means something to me because I went to Texas A&M, uh, but Jay Sternberger who was tight end at Texas A&M. Now he's in the NFL. Pat Williams, great football player, Pat Williams. Right. And if you've been watching SportsCenter yesterday <laughs> or today, Ramon uh, Laureano. Ramon Laureano, who just <laughs> decided to fight the entire Astros yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's my teammate. Yep, yep. Well, okay, so tell me about that for a minute. What were you thinking? When you see Ramon just charge the Astros, what are you thinking? Uh, that's Ramon. <laughs> I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 one of, he's one of the nicest guys, like nicest teammates, but just don't piss him off. <laughs> well Fair. okay and have you ever seen like a a hitting coach get up on the dugout step and like instigate like that like that was crazy yeah i've never seen it before it was something that's something to watch i was just like whoa like i mean i haven't you don't see that too often <laughs> it reminded me of was it the it was the pitcher for the reds a couple years ago oh the day yasiel puig got traded to the indians last year it was the pitcher for the reds that like attacked the pirates bench yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was your boy Ramon. You guys were teammates there? Yeah, we were teammates at NEO uh, 2014. Oh, it's awesome. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if you sent him a message or something after watching him <laughs> do that, but you should. That guy in the red did, did, did a good did a. I, I don't know. He sort of did a great fake. He was like, he was like, yeah, okay, I'm going back to the dugout. No, psych, right. I'm going to fight everyone. <laughs> I like your boy Ramon showing the pitcher how to throw his slider. <laughs> like you need to snap it off all the way down the line. You need to snap it off. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that was awesome. So, yeah, so yeah. tell us a little bit about the move from Vallejo, from the Bay Area, to this little part of Oklahoma where Oklahoma meets like Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas, because that's got to be just a totally different way of life. Well, well, actually, so after high school. Um, I don't have any offers, obviously. Uh, I had like some interest in some JUCOs out there in California, but um, I wanted to go to D1 route out of high school. I mean, like every athlete does. Uh, so actually, I went to New Mexico State first. I went, I went there first. Oh. Um, yeah, I went there first from my, uh, from my fall semester 2013. Um, and that's when they had uh, Rocky Ward as a coach, as a head coach. And we had a, a bunch of guys there. I was like, I was a two way player. I used to pitch at the time. Um, I was a two-way guy. Um, we had it was ridiculous. Yeah, like it was like eighty-five guys there. It was ridiculous. Like yeah. So um, I made it down like to the last cuts, like the last cuts. Uh, and uh, the coach Rockies, his little brother Roger Ward was the head coach at NEO at the time. So he was like, "We got this outfitter. Um, 
we think he needs a little bit of seasoning. Um, we want him to go play there for a, for that for a year, you know, and come back for a sophomore campaign. So I went out to, I mean, first off, New Mexico State, Las Cruces, New Mexico. That was culture shock enough. Oh yeah, I bet from from the from the Bay Area. I'm like, yo, where? And like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I got off the plane. I'm like, yo, I don't know if I want to come here anymore. Like, I don't. This is this is kind of weird. Um, so I mean, I got kind of got used to that. People was once I once I was there for like a, a couple of days. It wasn't as bad in Las Cruces. Um, small town, but they're all friendly. When I found out I was going to Oklahoma, I don't think I thought that through. Like I was like, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm just go. You know, oh, man. I'm gonna go play. They want me. They want me to play. I'm gonna go play. So I remember it was like bringing on bringing a jacket. It's kind of cold. I'm like, well, how cold can it be? I mean, it's like, I mean, because it's not that cold in the Bay Area, December, January. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's not terrible. Right. Like, I was it's always like, just kind of like, the same. Yeah, I've been like I've been like a hoodie out there, man. I get off the I get out of, off the plane and uh, you may you know you make your way off the airplane like to like the little like tunnel thing and that yeah. little like that little like little piece of like that's like uh, uh outside you can see yeah it went from seventy on a plane to to zero degrees I swear to zero <laughs> degrees and then like, I'm like yo there is no way like that can't be that can't be real like so I go in the airport or whatever and get my bags and stuff, uh, get in the car. Actually, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going out the airport. I'm like, there's no way it was that cold. That door flies open. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like, Did you, you ever see the movie Cool Runnings? Yes, it was just like that. Just like, like when that. the guys exactly. from Jamaica all show up in like Al- or Calgary and the door opens and they're like, no, they put all their clothes on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly how it was. It was ridiculous um but when, once i got to the school i'm like yo i <laughs> like i thought last christmas was bad this is terrible like, <laughs> it's terrible like i want to go home now like <laughs> just drop me back off like that's baseball I'll weather take, i'll take the semester off like i'll just come back next year <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so exactly exactly it was ridiculous i'm like no this is this can't be real like it was like i think like 10 degrees i'm like no you know you know what we call that in cleveland opening day opening day (laughs) i I haven't had one of those yet (laughs) no yeah right uh we we have to roll the dice on whether or not it's going to get snowed out so i'll just i'll just pretty good for a few weeks (laughs) This year, well, this year opening day was supposed to be like it was like sixty-five degrees. It was beautiful yeah. outside. Oh, of that's course. perfect. Of course, yeah. COVID. But yeah, oh, what well, it was a couple of years ago. Joe and I were down there with with your dad, and it it was we were playing the Red Sox, and it got snowed out. Yeah, it canceled. Yeah, it was like thirty-five degrees. Try to imagine that'd be absolutely brutal to play a game in. Yeah, but everybody you warm like i mean at least the fans are usually warm on opening day yeah. dude, dude. <laughs> some beverages so you're a pitcher uh daniel what kind of stuff did you have so did you have, uh... i was i was a i was a fastball fastball kirk guy i, I used to i used to okay. throw like, right. like a natural cutter i didn't usually know where it was going sometimes but you know i could run it up a little bit i was you know that's actually one of the reasons why i got drafted in the first place like a lot of, i got a lot of attention because um, they thought I was a pitcher, but they come and watch him play. They're like, oh, I mean, he's an outfielder. Like, he can hit, he can run, he can do all this. He just happens to you know, be able to pitch. So I, I would sit like 96, 97, 
um, have a curveball, but Damn. I, I, yeah, I cut that, cut that short. I want, I'd rather be a position player. Right, right, right. You don't want that pressure. Yeah, no, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I, hell, my dad. It's always, it's always, in, it's always in the back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. My dad was a pitcher, man. He had, a, he was a, he was a fastball and then he had, he had three different curves. He threw it from three different windows. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's all you need. Right, exactly. That's all you need. How much of a grind, how much of a grind is it? to be graduating high school and having no offers and then also going through and like like being undrafted into the major leagues like how how like much do you have to prove yourself to get noticed oh it it, it never it never stops i mean it's you deal with adversity the whole way through i mean for me, I was a guy like I'm. I'm like a real stubborn guy. Like so, for me, it was like I'm. I don't say I don't take no for an answer. Like I knew I was like, okay. This coach, this coach says no. Like I'm gonna go to the next coach. Like so, for me in high school, I was always trying to like just market myself because first of all, my school wasn't known for uh you know for any sports like that. They, they weren't you know constantly bringing out D1 athletes. It was just once every blue moon. The last guy we had was a. Uh, CJ Anderson, Broncos. Oh yeah. So, so he was the last guy we had out of out of, out of my high school. You know, that was a, a, a I mean, a D one athlete. You know, so for me, I was always marketing myself. Um, obviously, I unfortunately I didn't get any offers out of out of high school, but you know, I was okay. Well, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm gonna still I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and walk on at New Mexico State, and you know, yeah. and see what that see what happens there. Um, you know, getting cut from there, going. To, to Miami, Oklahoma, and playing out there for a semester, then making the ballsy move of going back to New Mexico State under a new head coach was even more ballsy. I'm like, I'm just go back and see what happens again. Yeah. You know, walk on again. You know, so everything. I mean, I just really just took no for an answer, and you know, just kept grinding. I mean, and it was it was hard at the time. I mean, I didn't really think too much of it though. I mean, it kind of, for me, it was kind of like just trusting the process. You know, um, I kind of tried to make it fun. I mean, I had I had one of my one of my uh, one of my best friends back home, J.R. Davis, he played at Oklahoma State. He played in the College World Series a couple of years ago, 2016. Um, so it was me and him kind of just like constantly pushing each other. And we kind of just really didn't think of, think about like the future so much. We just thought about, you know, the, the 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 present that day and then how to get better that day, how to get better the next day. You know, it wasn't trying to, oh, get ready for this upcoming season. It was just kind of just going day by day, day by day until we got to that point. It may just take a lot of pressure off you, you know. Yeah. And you complete that journey, you complete that journey and you go from, you know, initially walking on and getting cut at New Mexico state to 2016 being the conference player of the year. Right. Right. And even, and even that, even that journey to back to New Mexico state was, it was even harder because after I left uh, NEO in 2014, I had a torn ACL. Oh, so I missed the whole, the whole fall, the whole fall ball thing. In 2015, at New Mexico State, my sophomore year, I missed the whole thing um, rehabbing. I ended up coming back in like five and a half months. I got cleared. Um, wow, wow. So yeah, so I was I was really I was in rehab every day, three hours a day. Like I had took oh no days off God. ever. Never took a day off. Kind of had nothing else to do. So that I was, is like, like one of the rehab, fastest like, recovery times. I think yeah, I've five ever months heard to get ACL over an ACL. Yeah, it's like it's like the same as Adrian Peterson. The same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. 
so I did I did like a football rehab when I was when I uh, after I heard it while I was rehabbing. I did football rehab. Um, it's something about yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, I, it's something about being in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, that, that mindset really, I mean, kind of just made it was made D one that much easier because it wasn't. There's nothing like JUCO, and every JUCO kid will tell you that there's nothing like JUCO. There's no rules. You know, we would <laughs> practice for three hours. You know, we'll have scrimmages. Losing team will, will would run forty poles after that, Ooh. and then. And then they'll say, "Oh, after you guys are done, you gotta you gotta work out. You gotta go lift." It's like what? <laughs> like, yeah, we just did all these. We just ran forty poles. Like, so it was just no rules. So, I mean, you get to so day one, you're like rules. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was. It, it was kind of like I would. You would go through the day. I'm like, this is it. This is all we have to do. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is nothing. Like, I could, <laughs> nothing compared to yeah. So that JUCO mindset coming in to Mexico State, especially with the injury, you know, it just had me, had me, you know, just had me grind through. I mean, it was just easier to to grind through that. Because for me, it was okay. I mean, all I could do every day is rehab, so I might as well just do that. I mean, I have nothing else to do. It just kept me busy. So, yeah, you know, came came back in five months. Um, then uh, our coach at the time, Coach Green, he had came from Kentucky. Um, he, you know, he gave me a chance to make the team in spring right before the season started. Ended up making the team. Um, had a had an okay sophomore year. Hit like hit like three ten, pair of home runs. Like not nothing too special. Right. But uh, after that sophomore season, I went to come play summer ball, and I got like player of the year in like the Indiana. And that's when a lot of things started to really click for me. Like I was because uh, Green had taught me his like hitting hitting velocity, like his mechanics. And once I grasped on mechanics and it, like kind of became like second nature everything just took off from there like I just started getting really good in a short amount of time um and I was still like I was still a guy who was unnoticed um by any pro scouts and nobody knew who I was Man. it wasn't until um the next year before my junior season we had like, a little like pro scout day a lot of colleges have that um a couple of regional scouts come out we were in New Mexico. A lot of a lot of Arizona regional scouts came out. Area scouts came out and came to uh, just see see what we had. Um, and you know, I this is this is my first time you know running the sixty yard dash, throwing throwing from the outfield. Yeah, this is my first like pretty much showcase because I didn't do that growing up. I was a guy who played every sport. I mean, if it was basketball, I played yeah. basketball. Like I never I played only one year of summer ball in, in high school. Other other than that, I was playing AAU basketball. Yeah, so. Um, Ran a six yard dash, ended up running, ended up running a six three, and they're like, "Yo, like, who's this kid?" Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know how fast I am. Okay, is that good? Like, I, I don't know. Like a six three, I'm like, okay, whatever. I guess, I guess. I mean, by comparison, I run it in sixty three seconds. So, <laughs> <laughs> totally different. <laughs> yeah, so I run a, I run a six three, um, and I'm like, damn, like, they're all looking at the clocks, like, yo, like, kind of like looking like. All right, like he can run a little bit. Okay, let's see what else he can do. Uh, I mean, everybody knew I had a good arm. I mean, that was a given. I mean, they didn't, but like my team knew I had a good arm, and they were just like, "Yo, honestly, like, even the coach was saying, like, yo, just let it eat. Like, don't matter. Don't, don't think about where it goes. Just let it eat.' I'm like, say no more. All right, like, right. So they, so they let them. They they hit me the first one, and it's like our third base, and behind it, it's like our parking lot where our car is at. I throw it literally as hard as I can. And it just sails to the parking lot. Like it, just, it, just, it, just, it, just, it just takes off. Takes off. And the guy has a gun. And he's he saw the he looks he looks over to watch the ball. So he's like, Jesus, looks at the gun. 
and he looks at his partner like, say, wait, wait, throw another one, throw another one, throw another one. Like, all right. So this time I aim Even a in the lower. bar. I, I land, aim a little bit lower. I throw it over the third base and into the dugout, just letting it eat. And he's looking at his gun. He's just like, like looking like, yo, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea. And they're like, oh. So we go, we go, we go uh, to hit, hit a few balls out, you know what I mean? Just kind of normal BP. And I'm like, do you happen to pitch? I'm like, I mean, I can, I don't, but I mean, I, I can get on the mound. So we get on the mound and throw the first one, which is like right down the middle. I threw, I threw like 10 fastballs. Threw the first one down the middle. And they're like, my teammates are just laughing. I'm like, what, like, what, what's so funny? Like, <laughs> Right, I'm throwing, am I throwing slow? Like what? <laughs> so I just keep, I keep, I keep throwing. And I throw ten fastballs and come off the mound, and they're like, "Yo, your slowest pitch was 96." And I'm Ooh. like, "Whoa!" <laughs> 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 like your slowest oh. pitch was 96. You were sitting seven sevens, eights, and you were, close was 96. I'm like, "Damn, all right, that's pretty cool." <laughs> and they're like, "That's not, that's not, that's not even the half." Like you were throwing like a one or three from the outfield. And now they're wow. like, that's, that's like, that's like unheard of. Like, I was like, I have no idea. I'm yeah. All right. Is he a far away though? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't, you know I mean? I don't know how this transitions to the, to, to the scouts. I'm okay. Cool. Right. Like, I, um, so after that day, I mean, I started, I got a letter from every, like get those little questionnaires from every, I got one from every team, obviously. Wow. Um, and, you know, it didn't mean anything at the time. Like, went through my whole season, and I didn't really know I was getting drafted until uh, we went to Arizona, and we played we played University of Arizona. And that's when they had guys like Bobby Dahlbeck, like a yeah. bunch of good guys. Um, and I went, like, four for five there, like, with a home run. Like, I was like a double shot of the cycle. Yeah. Um, and, I mean – for me, like, which I think, which why it helped me so much, I had no idea about the whole draft process and how it worked, anything. So I had nothing really to look forward to. Like, so for me, I was just playing. So I had a good yeah. game there. And, you know, a bunch of scouts come um, after the game, talking to me, whatever. I get, on, I get on the bus and I go to the hotel and there are literally scouts in the lobby just waiting for me, like 15. I'm like, whoa, like... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Like <laughs> it's getting real. Like, it's getting real. Okay, I, 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 the thing is, it's getting real. So, um, <laughs> Who needs a tequila? We, yeah, we, <laughs> so, so um, we were literally uh, have a, we had a series against GCU, and I was meeting with I was meeting with scouts every day, like meeting after meeting after meeting before we got on the bus to go to the game every day of the series. Um, and I happened to ask Scott. I said, "Yo, like." And my like, what am I? What am I projected to get drafted? Like, I don't like what, like top twenty rounds, like top ten. Like, I don't. He's like top ten. He's like, no, bro. Like, you're projected to go like three to five. I'm like, holy shit! Like, okay, <laughs> this is this is this is serious. Like, <laughs> like, like, okay, all right, all right. I mean, at the time, I was hitting like I was hitting like three fifty. Yeah. Know, like five or six home runs. It was like month a month in. Yeah. I think, or not even that. I don't know. I think two or two weeks, something like that. Um. I mean, I was still having a good year, and you know, I just kept that, that kept that that uh, that good year going. I just kept getting better and better. I mean, stats just kept boosting, everything like that. Having a good season, and that's when I kind of knew, I was, okay, I think I'm going to get drafted. Like, I think it's my last year of college ball. Uh, 
I'm interested in something so you were talking about. I want to take you back to something you talked about because I want to hear I want to hear your opinion on it because it's something that I get and it just drives me crazy. But you talked about it, how going back to high school, you were like a multi-sport athlete. You played basketball, you played baseball, you did whatever. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, like it's so it's becoming more and more common, even in like here in Ohio, like rinky dink podunk towns where the high school baseball coach tells the kids they can't play any other if they want to play baseball. They have to play baseball. They can't play any other sports. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because it drives me crazy. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's bullshit. Is this no reason? I mean, part of being a, part of being an athlete is being able, you know, just playing every sport, all the sports. You know, that I mean, you have to be good at it, but I mean, you just playing every sport. For a coach to try to limit you and say, "Oh, you only play baseball if you, if you want to make this team," or for like a coach may say, "Oh." If you only play baseball, if you play multiple sports, then you won't get that baseball scholarship, which is bullshit. <laughs> like because you look around at some of some of the best athletes in baseball, they played multi sports in high school, and they were good at them. Right. So, you know, what I mean, that should tell you. Like, I mean, you let the kids play whatever they want to play. Like, I mean, if if they're good in baseball, then it should it shouldn't matter. Well, you know what they're doing what they're doing if, when it's not baseball season. Yeah, I'm looking at basketball, football, let them play. Look at all the best athletes on the planet, right? Like LeBron That's James played it. football. Football, he played football. Right? <laughs> like, like Mike Trout, multi-sport athlete. Like I just don't exactly. get why the coaches feel the need to do that and limit kids when, you know, like a guy like right. you. All right, so you're going to pursue baseball? Okay, you're then you're done playing basketball. So let 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 them play exactly. other sports while they can. Exactly, because there's no no saying that I'm gonna be able to play multiple sports in in college. You know that doesn't that doesn't come regularly. You know what I mean? So, well, no, I was gonna say, especially in small towns, those guys need the talent. Those guys need the right. need the athletes. Like, why would you why would you do those? Uh, um, why would you keep them from playing those multiple sports? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, um, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, have you seen Major League yet, Daniel? Oh, yes, it's a prerequisite. When you were talking, when you were telling us about that tryout, it yes. just kind of made me think yes. of Lou Brown looking at <laughs> after Willie after Willie ran that sprint. He goes, "Get him a uniform." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. After yeah, he shows was, up in his pajamas, it was it was something of that nature. Like, whoa, like okay, like just where has this kid been? Like, why haven't we heard about this kid a long time ago? But I mean, for me, I didn't really, I didn't really have the resources and like yeah. the financial freedom, like to go to all those like perfect game things and stuff like that. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't go to those. So for me, it was just, I spent a lot of time on like YouTube and stuff, looking at drills and stuff, wow. a lot of stuff by myself, you know? So, I mean, that's awesome. Though. I wasn't always, the, I wasn't always the best player growing up, but I just, the mindset I had, you know, just took me farther than others. Yeah. So so that, you know, especially knowing all that and hearing your own story from you, obviously you, you earn the, uh, the honors as, as the conference player of the year, uh, after your junior right. year, then you, uh, are drafted by the nationals, uh, after that next year in the fifth round. Right. So the, they were round. spot on when they said third to fifth round, you, you went in the yeah, fifth exactly. round. So just, yeah, I think uh, a lot of that. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So I think a lot of that helped, you know, I mean, getting that player of the year award. But even after that, like, I mean, there was, there were, I was getting so many awards. It was crazy. I was getting like, you know, national player, like player, the hitter of the month, like 
in collegiate baseball. Like, I awesome. was like ranked like, I think I was ranked like third or fourth in the nation in hits that year. Um, wow. I was like, I was ranked number one in the, in the state of New Mexico. It was, it was a bunch of the awards just coming in prior, I mean, uh, right before the draft happened. So, you know, I think that just kind of boosted the stock a little bit. And then I went to the, went in the fifth round to the Nationals. Who, mind you, I didn't talk to at all before the draft. Like, it, I didn't, it was, I talked to like the Rockies, like the Red Sox, like yeah. uh, the Mariners, um, the Padres. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to take, I thought the Padres were actually going to take me, but then I get a call from DC. I'm like, what in the fuck? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I guess I'm moving like, east. Oh, this, is, this, this is so-and-so from DC. I'm like, how? Like, All right, cool. So I went to the Nationals. Yeah. I guess I'm going to play as far away from Vallejo as possible. Exactly. All the yeah. way in Florida. Yeah. So training. Yeah. So obviously the draft must have been just so incredible for you to to just get that call from the Nationals, know that that's who's taking you. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Nationals because you did spend several years in their system, a few years in their system. Uh, obviously right. coming up uh, through the Nat system, you were one of their most highly rated prospects, which was why it was really cool when you got traded to the Indians. But uh, right, right. Talk about that for a minute. Let's just spend a little time on the Nationals because how cool was it to for you to watch them win the win the title last year? I mean, obviously, uh, when you're in the majors, you want your team to win the title. But I mean, there were some guys on that team that I'm sure you you got a, a lot of playing time with uh, that were oh. part of that World Series championship team. So how cool was it for you to to, to watch them win it? It was. It was, a, it, was a, it was a love hate thing, you know? Like, <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh, hell yeah, like, I know so many guys and close to so many guys, but it's like, yo, you guys just traded me. And then you go and you win. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you couldn't keep me one more year. Like, <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, um, <laughs> the Nationals were, were, were a great organization, you know, from the, top, from the bottom to the top. Um, you know, they were like a, kind of like an old school organization. They went out there and let let you play. You know what I mean? Like, it was not a bunch of, like, analytical stuff. Like, just uh, the whole, like, they kind of went out there and let you play. Like, um, you know, they weren't one of those organizations where they want you to, like, to to hit a certain way or, or do things a certain way. It was kind of like feeding off of what you did naturally as a player. And I think that's what helps many guys, you know, be good. And it would kind of help me, you know, kind of fly through the minor leagues, you know, just kind of, you know, being my own self with some, with a little bit of added resources, whether it be offensively, defensively, you know, and just, you know, just knowing more about the game is mentally. So it was a great organization. Very, very good. I still talk to a lot of guys. They're now Victor Robles, Juan Soto, yeah. um, Trace Barrera. Um, yeah, what a year, Juan Soto, man. Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Ross. I mean, I played with, I played with Juan Soto in 2017 in Lowe. We were at, in Hagerstown. Yeah. And, our lineup was our lineup was stacked. We Crazy. had like it was me, uh, we had Sheldon Noisy, Nick Banks, Juan Soto, Carter <laughs> Keyboom. It was ridiculous. Like, yeah. And we were all looking at Soto and like, yo, he is gonna be one of the best players. And give him like a year. Give him like a year. Like, I know he kind of he kind of went he went down that 20, 2017 year. Um, for the rest of the year, he came out early. But I mean, he I think he played like a month, and in that month, he was hitting like three sixty. Which yeah, nobody yeah. even knew. Like yeah. he, hit, he was in three sixty, <laughs> and so he ended up getting hurt. And I'm like, "Yo, this dude's gonna be unbelievable." He's only at the time he was he was eighteen. Jeez. So Crazy. I'm just like, "Yo, like eighteen to nineteen years old." And I'm like, "Yo, he's gonna be the best player." Like I bro, he is like far past us. And, and with honestly, with with him going, I never told him this, but like with him getting hurt, 
is the reason why I got player of the year <laughs> that year. Like, <laughs> thanks. I, I got player of the year in the, in the organization. <laughs> and I think without him going down, I don't think because I, when we were all, when he was healthy, I was batting in a nine hole. Yeah. So when he left, I went up to the three hole and that, that the rest was history. Like, yeah. But with, without him going down, there's no Mr. Exquisite, I don't think. No, maybe a little bit of a little bit, little bit of a delay, a little bit of delay, a delayed, <laughs> delayed exquisite. Yeah, delayed exquisiteness from from Daniel Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, uh, hopefully, missing the World Series by a year, uh, you know, that should just give you the hunger. That's got to be oh, you yeah. guys. That's got to be you guys now. Yeah. For sure. It should have sure. been you last year. You get traded. Now it's got to be you this year, right? Gotta be, gotta be. Come on, we're speaking this into existence on the Garage Beers podcast, Danny. We're speaking this into existence. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. It is required. Mm -hmm. Uh, So obviously, Jan Gomes gets sent over uh, over to Washington. You're part of the package that comes back for him. Um, uh, And then you quickly advance, really, through the Indian system, obviously. You start in Akron, uh, and then you make your way pretty quickly up to Columbus. Uh, And then one of the cool things that you got to do last year, or it just seemed cool, uh, was you got to play in the futures game at all-star weekend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. obviously it's your, it's your new hometown. It's your new hometown fans, your new hometown ballpark. Uh, what was that experience like for you to be able to do that at all-star weekend in your new hometown ballpark? Well, I'm going to tell you when it, when they first told me, so I was, I was in AAA for about uh, two months. And I, was, I was playing really good. So and if, for me, my only thing I wanted to do was get called to the big leagues. I didn't care about anything else. Yeah, yeah. The Futures game, that didn't even exist in my head at the time. Like, I was just like, okay, I'm going to get the big leagues. So I had no idea where it was, when it was happening, and none of that. I forgot about it. And my manager comes up to me. He's like, he's like, he's, he said, congratulations. Oh, and no, no. My head, I was like, yo, I'm going to the big oh, leagues. There's no oh, way. No. Like, <laughs> so he, he just blew up on me a little bit. <laughs> so he said, congratulations. Gave me a handshake. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to the show right now. He's like, you're going to the futures game. I'm like, all right. I mean, like, I mean, cool. <laughs> like, I love right, it. Cool. And I'm like, where's you <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, what in the fuck? Like, <laughs> he knew what he was <laughs> doing too. He knew what he was doing yeah. coming up and congratulating you like that. But but he was like, yeah, you know, I was gonna say you're going to the show. Right? I'm like, hell yeah, you damn right. I thought you were gonna say that. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he said, yeah, you're going, you're going to the futures game. Um, and I had no idea where it was, like anything. And I'm like, so where's it at? And like, it was in Cleveland. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I might not be too bad. I mean, that's where I want to be anyway. So um, check out the facilities. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up going up there, and that was really like that was an unbelievable experience for me. Like, um. Really, because now I'm not knowing what to expect. Really, I mean, I had I wasn't focused on it at all, but being up there, going up there, you know, getting to the I mean, getting to the hotel, people were just kind of knew who I was. I'm like, damn, like I didn't even know it was this serious. Like, and then you know, going to the game, and I was the only guy who went shirtless. I mean, sleeveless. I went like yeah. I had to just like the. So um, that definitely that I was definitely I was trending on Twitter the whole time, and <laughs> you know they. <laughs> They 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 announced my they announced my name like uh, Daniel Johnson Cleveland Indians and the whole crowd just like yeah. I'm like damn like this is crazy so it was definitely it was an unforgettable experience I, I mean it was a blessing just to be there for sure that's something I'll never forget yeah so so now you're getting your shot so here it is 2020 right. COVID baseball season uh, mm-hmm. 
Talk us about that moment. Cause you know, it's it, baseball is filled with all these little moments, right? It's filled with, you've right. told us about so many of them about going to college and then making your way back and, and then getting drafted and the trade. There's so many little moments that happen after summer camp. You get told that you made the active roster. I'm going to guess that's how right. that went. Well, 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 so at first I originally got optioned down before this, before the uh, opening day. And I was, um, I had went to, I had got optioned like a couple of days before the opening day. It's like the 20th, the 20th. Yeah. And I went to uh, the alternate site for a couple of days. Like I went for, I went to 21st, 22nd and 23rd. Yeah. Went for three days. Um, and the night, the night of the 23rd, cause I opened it was the 24th. The night of the 23rd, I'm in the bathroom, kind of lining myself up, just kind of doing what I usually do. Just kind of, <laughs> just, I had, nothing, I, had, I had nothing else to do. So I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. We're getting a visual get, of the routine here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I get a, I get a, I see my phone go off. I get like a text. Like, it said, I'm like, it said, it said like maybe somebody, I couldn't see the whole thing. So I open it. I'm like, and it says, Hey, DJ, it's, uh, it's, it's Mike Shrenoff. Like, Give, give us a call. We have a move to make. I'm like, a move to make. All right, I'll call you. Okay. Like, hey, okay. Yeah, I say, all right. Yeah, I say, all right, I'll call you. So, hey, what's up? Like, um, oh, yeah, we have a move to make. You're, you're, uh, we're calling you up to the big leagues. You'll be here for open day tomorrow. I'm just like, just like get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I'm sitting here lining myself up. I'm like, and I'm now I'm going to the big leagues. It's like, what kind of, it's always unexpected. I guess people always say it's unexpected. It's definitely always unexpected. You least expect it oh to happen. Oh my god! If, if he would have texted you, congratulations, would he be like, "Not this shit again"? Yeah. <laughs> if he would text congratulations, like dot dot dot, I'm like, "Yo, yo, don't fuck with me!" Like, <laughs> no more of this. I've already, I already, I already had that one time. I don't need it your was, congratulations. Was, yeah, that 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 little moment was 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 uh, was was crazy. I mean, I kind of, I had a Greg Allen. He's my roommate, so I had him kind of sitting there. I'm like, "Yo, you won't believe what just happened." Then what? I'm like, I just got a call from Chernoff. Like, I'm going to the big leagues tomorrow. And he's like, Oh hell yeah! Like, so it was, nice. it was crazy. That that moment was an unforgettable moment too. Just that little split, you know, that 30 seconds is kind of like life changing. Like, damn, like I'm a big leaguer now. Like, so does it happen without? Uh, and I don't know. I don't. You know, who knows what's going to happen during spring training after spring training? Would that have happened without the shortened season? Do, were you? Did you feel like you maybe were on a trajectory during spring training? to make it out of spring training to the roster or uh, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, just go out there and play. I have no idea. Yeah. But it happened yeah, now. We have so little information that yeah, it happened now. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So what's that? So, so far you've had, you've had a, a few games in major league baseball. Uh, so, right. so far what's, what's that? What's the hardest part of going from triple a to major league baseball? What's the, what's the biggest transition? Um, really, you, you know, you go up, you go up levels and like, once you get kind of comfortable, there's still like those guys that, that you face that, you know, are like kind of like elite in that, at that level. Right. So you got, you got the handful of guys that you face are kind of like, okay, but then you got those handful of guys who are like the best in that league, like the best of the best. When you get to the big leagues, that is like magnified. Like everybody is almost that guy. So. Uh, you just gotta. I mean, you know, it's something that you're kind of going like, okay, I've seen, I've seen this guy before. I'm about to hit a fucking rocket. Like <laughs> now it's like, it's, now it's like, okay, I got, I got to lock in a little bit because he might have something I don't know about. Like, so let's just lock in. You know, what I mean, like, you just don't know what, you, what you're gonna get. So, it, the the 
it's, it's kind of magnified. Like you got to really, you know, come in with an approach or plan every time, every single time. So tell us, you know, obviously as Indians fans uh, watching the season, uh, as a lot of our listeners watching the season, I don't think the team, I don't think anybody on the team would tell you that, that the start offensively has been what everybody wants. Um, I think it's been a little bit of a struggle getting out the gate offensively. Obviously that's broken out a little bit here recently. Is it, I've always found this a little bit fascinating because baseball is a team sport, but it's also kind of an individual sport. Uh, is it, is hitting contagious? Like hell yeah. When a couple guys are going good, does that help everybody else start going good around them? Well, I just mean, I just think in, in, in baseball in general, we feed off each other's energy because it's, I mean, in order to win is you can't win individually. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, with hitting, which is already hard enough, I mean, when, when you see a guy get a hit, you give your teammates that confidence that you can go up there, okay, my teammate did that, so I can do it now. Not saying you will, but having that mindset of I can do it will put you in a better place as opposed to, damn, like, I still don't know. Like, he still yeah. he got this, he got that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's definitely contagious in, in terms of the, having that mindset. And, you know, a handful of times, and, and you know, maybe more than more than often, you get those results too, where it be hit after hit after hit after hit. So it's definitely contagious, in my opinion. So let's talk about you. I, we've talked a little bit about you as as a player in your tryouts and all that. We've talked about some of your measurables and all that stuff. But I want to talk to you about you as a player a little bit. Uh, and this is going to be h- kind of high praise, but you remind me of one of your teammates coming out of AAA. And I don't want to put like pressure on you or anything. But the person you remind me of, and I don't want to say in playing style, but in expectations is Francisco Lindor. And here's why, here's why I say that. When Frankie got called up, everybody's real excited for him to get called up, right? right. It took forever, or it felt like it took forever for him to get called up. And then he gets called up. And, and if you remember, if, if you're listening to this and you'll remember when Frankie got called up, Frankie wasn't a power guy. Right. Nobody thought he was going to hit for power. Everybody thought maybe some extra base hits, but just really good contact hitter good defensively, not maybe elite defensively, but good defensively, but just a really good prospect that could just really evolve into like kind of a leadoff hitter is, is it's what they kind of made him sound like coming up. And then of course he turns into 35 bombs, right? He turns into, he turns into one of the faces of baseball uh, for real. Exactly. And, and, and he turns into one of the best players in baseball all around, all around. So I don't know, you know, I hope you do that, but here's why you kind of remind me of that. I think when you get called up, I think a lot of people think of you as Daniel Johnson. He's fast. He plays pretty good defense. He makes pretty good contact. He hits for pretty good average. But like when, when you look at what you do, like the, the potential for all that other stuff is there. The power potential is there. You have power. You have opposite field power. You've got mm-hmm. that arm is no joke. You've got a very above average throwing arm in the outfield. Like you got a great arm. And I think there's just a lot of things that people don't quite know about you. Uh, so do you, do you kind of, I don't know, do you, do you feel like you're kind of that five tool five, you know, five tool player. And do you feel like all that's going to be able to gel into, into what you're hoping for? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely hope it will. Um, Obviously, that's that's always the big picture to be, you know, the best player that you can be. Um, but, I mean, 
I do feel like I have all those five tools, you know, and, and I have a lot of confidence in myself, not, not to be, not being cocky, but just, you know, being that I, I just know that I could, and I can go out there and I can get my full effort and, and, you know, I could, I can make every play just having that mindset will just, you know, not always give me better results, but just always put me in good positions as a player. So for me, I would say, yeah, I think I could, I have those five tools and I think it can make me into whatever player that I've become to be. I can't tell you what it's going to do, but I mean, I believe that I'll get there at some point for sure. Well, it's so rare. It just is rare to see all those things come together. Right. Usually if it's a, if it's like a above average defender, a guy with a lot of speed, a guy that steals a lot of bases, he doesn't have a good arm. He doesn't hit for power. Or if he hits for power, he doesn't have great speed. He's maybe not great defensively. You know, there's just a lot of, of all that. And, and listen, all of those players are required. All those players are needed for a good baseball team. Not everybody is, has got everything. But when you look at your numbers that you put up in college in, in the minor leagues, in the higher levels of the minor leagues, I mean, you're putting up home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, average, uh, plus you've got, you know, you've got all the assist numbers from the outfield. It just, it just feels like, I mean, man, it just feels like with you, once this thing clicks in the major leagues, which you've got time because you just got here. Uh, right. Right. (laughs) I don't know. It feels like that, you know, if that can all come together, man, that's why it reminds me a little bit of Francisco Lindor because his all came together. Right. 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 Yeah. I think it'll, it'll definitely, it'll click at some point for sure. Um, you know, trust in the process, you know, just working hard every day. Um, and it'll, it'll click. Yeah. You just gotta give some time. You just, you know, consistent ABs, you know, just getting that experience. It'll, it'll definitely click. It will. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely an Indian, Daniel. I mean, this is what the, I mean, you're the type of player the Indians look for is, is someone with the versatility and skill set that you have. Uh, but, uh, you know, moving on a little bit, I want to get into the season now. Uh, you know, obviously, we talked about, we, we touched on it a little earlier. It, it, it's a crazy season. Uh, going on. Uh, you know, obviously 60 games, you know, obviously the marathon isn't there this year. You know, it, it's a sprint, you know, so what is the feel in, in the locker room after every game? Is you know, is there a sense of urgency this year in that locker room just because of the shortened season or is it just kind of status quo, like, like, like a typical season? We try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, we, we all know that it's a sprint and, and, and 60 games and every game means something, you know, it's, you can't give a couple games or give a series. You no, know, you know, every, every game means something. Um, we all know that, but you know, again, we don't try to, you know, put too much pressure on, on, on an individual person or just on ourselves as a team, because we know how, you know, if something happens there or if, if we unfold as a team and it starts being a lot of a little bit of separation, we lose that chemistry that could make or break that short 60 game season. So for us, we try to just go in and like a regular season, you know, if a game doesn't go our way, okay, come back tomorrow with the same mindset. Let's, let's try to win this game, taking it a day at a time. Because like I said, we know if we get lose that chemistry in that short amount of time, you know, four or five games could make or break that playoff run. I mean, and, not saying if we get to the playoffs, I mean, we'll automatically win. But, I mean, you see the Nationals did it last year, from wild card to winning the whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you playoffs, like, playoffs anything can happen. So, you know, we, we definitely want to get the playoffs, but we just kind of take it one day at a time, you know, and try to make it as simple as possible. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know on the other side of this, you know, off the field, how, you know, life as a 25-year-old in the MLB, like, how – is the quarantine thing really? I mean, like, 
you know, obviously, you know, you saw the police X story and obviously, you know, Clev today, but you know, obviously we won't say anything about that, but like, how did the expectations get laid out to you guys? you know, when this thing started, obviously we just had to like look, look out for one another, you know, um, especially the, some of the guys who in baseball who have like uh compromised immune systems, like we just have things going on, you know, they're more at risk than we are. And, you know, we can't be selfish and say, oh, because I'm fine, I can go out there and do this. But you can't bring that back to the clubhouse because you have that guy there who, who can't do that, who has, who, you know, who's more at serious risk. And the last thing you want to do is spread it to him and something happened to your teammate. So for us, it's just being very, you just got to be, we're all very mindful of things that we do um, off the field. You know, we go out to get dinner, we take it to go, um, try to avoid crowded areas as much as possible, you know sanitize all the time, wear a mask um, 24-7. I mean, we're not in the house. Um, but really, it's just being very mindful um, of your teammates. It's, it's the most important thing. That's got to be hard, though, right? 25 years old, you're you're in your rookie year. You're that's, This should be that time where it's like, yeah, like kind of letting yeah, that, I'm not, I mean, concentrating on the game, but letting loose a little bit. Like, definitely. that's got to be yeah. hard. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's not as hard because just because, you know, the reason we're playing with no fans now, you know, is because of everything that's going on. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of us coming in knew that if we got to the big leagues, it wouldn't have, there'd be nothing like a regular, like big league experience is. And so once you understood that and kind of like accepted that fact, it made it that much easier to kind of be disciplined and, you know, not go out anyway or, not go to this restaurant, this crowded restaurant, you know, and just kind of just stay to yourself, you know, have a few teammates come over, kind of just hang out, you know, just do that in, in, in a closed environment, which is you guys in the house or in the hotel, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, I mean, it's definitely not ideal by any means. We want to go out. We want to, we want to go have fun, but yeah, we can sat, we can sacrifice, however, you know, 60 games and however many days, um, just you know, just to play baseball and stay healthy and keep everybody safe and not go out because that, those places will always be there. They'll always be open. We can always go whenever we want. But just sacrificing these couple months for your teammates is way more important. Yeah. So uh, some of the other dudes, uh, part of this, part of this uh, short season, some of the the guys that kind of are up here with you. Some of them have been around a little bit, uh, but it's got to be kind of nice to have some of your guys that you spent a little time last year with. Uh, in AAA, uh, just kind of having success with them. We're, we're sitting here every day. Every day he pitches, James Karinchak, man. I marvel at what that guy does, and it gets me excited for the back end of the bullpen for, like, the next however many years he can stay healthy. Like, did you ever try to hit off of him? Like, were you ever were you ever up against him or go off him in practice or anything? Because is it as nasty as it looks on TV? Yeah. we. I faced him one time. Um it was. It had a good at bat. I ended up, I ended up walking. Um, he threw me a couple curveballs, took him for balls. He threw me a fastball. You know, fouled it off. Had a good swing on it. We were kind of battling, like, because because I mean, we get to know each other pretty good. We both have that kind of like that mindset, like, okay, like I'm gonna get you, you gonna get me. Like it, it was kind of that. So like, whenever he's pitching, like, and I'm like close to hitting, and we, we kind of give each other that look, like, hey, I'm coming for you, like. <laughs> so when when I get in the box and he's on the mound, we kind of have that like we're we're, we're teammates and we're, we're 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 friends, but like it's business right now. Let's, Let's go. go. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's a great guy. I mean yeah, but he he got some nasty stuff for sure. 
Yeah, between him, just the young guys, Cam Hill, Yu Chang, Jeffrey Rodriguez, who came over with you, didn't he, in the Nationals? Yes, he did. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, all you guys have a chance to play throughout the year. Uh, It's got to be kind of fun to have some of the other young guys up here with you, uh, you know, kind of going through this as well, right? Oh, no, for sure, for sure, especially me me and I have my roommate, Greg Allen. I was with him last year, AAA, a little bit. Um, Just having him, you know, every day, I mean, pick his brain, you know, just – turn his feet off each other like us like you know like before but um you know having a bunch of all those young guys that i played with before having up here now at the big level is just it'll get us better than that it makes the quarantine life a lot easier a lot more fun just having those guys present so who's the pitcher when you guys are practicing you're going through training or whatever i don't even want to ask about the starting pitchers because i just assume they're all kind of nasty just by watching how other major league hitters don't hit them our our <laughs> our our staff our rotation is probably one of the best in baseball in a in a while maybe <laughs> like, if, if, if yeah. not if not the best in baseball in a while uh okay so get out of the rotation for a minute when you're going when you're hitting who's who's the who's the pitcher that just gives you the hardest time who's who do you think has just the nasty stuff that you're going up against hmm. it gives us some thought yeah, i face a lot of nasty guys gotta make you think um let's see who's a nasty well i faced kenton maeda twins uh, oh yeah a couple weeks ago and that was not fun i was talking okay so so that's doesn't look fun either but that's not fun but just like as you've been going through camp and stuff like practices and stuff on the indians our team yeah um whitgren all right nick nick whitgren yes yeah he he just he just fills the zone up yeah and he just throws you what he throws you whatever and it's just like it feels like every pitch is just getting on you. Like it's like the ball's hitting you. Oh. And whenever, whenever I think I've had, I've hit a, I've hit a ball like solid once. Other <laughs> than that, I'm like, I'm like getting jammed or like hitting, it. and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like this, like <laughs> he's the dude though. It's like I we were just talking about him last night because he pitched last night, and he's the dude yeah. that you kind of forget about at the back end of that bullpen for no reason. Yeah, he, yeah but, he's a don't sleep on him. We're all excited about Karen Jack, and obviously Brad hands there. And I'm still real hurt about Emmanuel Clase because the dude throws a 102 mile an hour cutter and right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Wickren's that guy you just like kind of don't think yeah, of, so but he's just, just solid as all get out. It's just, it's just, this is not a comfortable at bat. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's coming. Like this, if it looks if it looks good, it looks close, swing. Like one of those guys. Yeah. But he's de- he's definitely he's good. He's really good. Really good guy too. All right, Daniel. Well, let's uh, move on to a little bit of your personal venture right now. Okay. Uh, a clothing line, sir. An exquisite yes. uh, clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be it should be EGFB, but uh, <laughs> but but stands for God Family Ball. Uh, tell us the backstory. Like, what what made you start this? Uh, you know, what. Uh, how, yeah, how did how did the venture start? So, I guess um, me and a couple of my boys from back home, um, we were always trying to come up with something like this, like to separate ourselves. And I don't know where one of my boys was like, "What about like GFB?" I'm like, "What got family baseball?" I'm like, "That's kind of dope." I'm like, "What about something that, like pertaining like all athletes?" I'm like, "What about just got family ball?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, let's go, let's let's do that." Like GFB. Um, and then one of my friends from back home, she's, uh, 
she really, she's really, she's a really good artist. She's really good at drawing. She drew up our logo for us. And I had the logo since like 2016, 2017, but never put it to any use. And she, she made the, the, the dope logo, the GFE logo. And just recently I was like, yo, we need to put this like on like some shirts and stuff. Like, I mean, with the platform that I have, like, and everybody else has, like we can make this kind of move, you know? So we ended up doing it. And you know, as of now, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty good. I mean, it was just kind of like a lifestyle we like we live by, you know, God family ball. Like my journey to the big leagues, it was, it was those are the three main things that like were my life pretty much. I mean, I sacrificed a lot of stuff. Um and just kind of took on those three things as my life and went from there, you know, and it, it made me where I am today. So it's a thing that I stand by a lot. Um and it's it's also like a a movement and a, and a brand that applies to all athletes who, because I'm not the only athlete that, that had a, a, a hard journey to get where I'm at. Probably people who had it harder than me, you know, so this pertains to, supports everybody, all those athletes out there, whether you're a basketball player, whether you, you play football, soccer, anything with a ball, you know what I mean? Like this, that we support you. you hockey, know, forget you, forget you hockey, but everybody well, else. If they, if they, if, 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 if they if they use a golf ball instead of a puck, I'm like, all right, cool. GFP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, right. it's your next. So, yeah, it's like so, an off yeah. brand. It's your next offshoot. <laughs> exactly. So it's <laughs> GFP. It's a. It's a. We it, we. It's GFP lifestyle. It's the lifestyle we live by. So. Yeah, man. Well, I think uh, uh, I think that's awesome. Uh, give the people just that are listening. Uh, where can if if they're interested in supporting GFP, if they're interested in picking up some of that stuff, shirts, masks whatever else you guys are putting out there, where can they, where can they pick some of that stuff up? So our website is down right now, but we have uh, our Instagram page up. It's underscore GFB underscore lifestyle. And you can also hit me up my personal page, jet underscore Johnson seven and hit me up and we'll go from there. Get you whatever you need. All right. You heard it there. Hit them up there. Get your GFB apparel, your GFB gear. Uh, and support asking shirts yep masks and shirts and your teammates are doing a good job of uh repping yes. that stuff online for you definitely definitely There's a couple of guys on um, tv mike freeman he wears it all the time great guy so yeah we're, it's gonna be it's gonna be booming pretty soon for sure all right daniel i got one last question for you uh non-baseball related though mm-hmm. um during all this time quarantined in your guys's own like secluded area What's like your go-to non-baseball related thing that you've been doing? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's about to open a whole can. Of- yeah. I am- <laughs> <laughs> so I am, I collect a lot of shoes, a lot. So during this quarantine, I've bought a lot of, I probably bought as many shoes as days were quarantined. <laughs> oh. Oh, and man. it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like I, I wear. I mean, I wear. I wear Adidas. I'm a big Jordan guy. Nike. I mean, I have everything. <laughs> Do you everything. like hunting like, for them? Yeah. So like when I was in high school, I used to like I used to camp out for certain shoes. That's how serious it was. Like I used oh, to camp man. out at some stores for shoes. Yeah. I'll I'll go and you know buy three or four pair of the same shoe to kind of like sell one, keep one, just kind of build my collection up. So it it gets serious. <laughs> What's the what's your favorite one that you've gotten uh, um, during the quarantine? 
I didn't get it. Oh, actually, during the quarantine, I got a the uh call Adidas. Adidas. They're called Pharrell uh, BYWs, and they're like their friends and family, like exclusive. Uh, shoot, only two hundred pair made. Two hundred pairs. Two hundred pairs. Two hundred pair made, and I got my hands on a pair. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'll probably I'll probably average average five hundred bucks on one pair of shoes. It's average. Yeah. Well. Hey, listen. Yeah. Like I said, serious. You're a major league ball player, man. You can do that. That's that's that's. that's I mean, I was I was, I was doing it in the minor leagues, so now it makes it even easier. Yeah. Right. Right. Now you're you're good. Uh, yeah, it makes it even easier. Five hundred pair so. for a pair of shoes. Five hundred bucks for a pair of shoes. I almost fell off my chair right there. I got to feed a three year old. <laughs> you had to estimate. Yeah, if you had to estimate your best guess, how many pairs of shoes you have? <laughs> now we're making um, things. I will say north of a hundred. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. That's north incredible. of a hundred. The dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> north of a hundred. It's still climbing. Like it's not even. I'm not even close to done. <laughs> All right, shoe collections, but I got to know one other thing. So you guys, like if you guys are traveling, you guys are together, you got a little downtime by the hotel or whatever. Are there any competitions that happen? Is there any, like, do you guys get into any games or any anything like that when you're around to kill time? Or is it just hanging out? Um, most of the time is hanging out, you know, really just having this, this crazy conversations. Those those are the fun parts. It's kill time. It's crazy conversations. You like you be walking by, you're like, what are they t- talking about? Like, <laughs> like, oh, my, oh my god, did you hear that? Like, yeah, crazy conversations. That's how we kill time. Love laughing the whole time. So, okay, Daniel, I got one last thing before we wrap up with you. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, baseball. I mean, outside of this year, it's 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 it's, it's a long. See, I mean, you're seeing these guys more than you're seeing your own family. Yeah. Okay. What are some what are some good? I don't know, kangaroo court or or or, or prank stories or what's a what's a what's a good story? A good road story you're willing to tell us. <laughs> I know you can't say, but that's but that you're willing to tell. Ooh, I don't know if I can tell those ones. I gotta keep those. I on. like how I gotta I gotta I gotta. I gotta keep I gotta keep this on ice. I gotta keep this on ice. I think I could tell those. So I, I wanna give you I wanna give you the spill on one, but I just ah who's gonna be mad. <laughs> we are, we're not I trying to piss anybody one. off here. We're not we're yeah, trying to be, be friendly here. One. But they, I will tell you that I do I do get Greg sleeping a lot though. I haven't posted in a long time. If you, <laughs> if you if you tune if you tune into my Instagram, there will be a lot of Greg Allen sleeping just on my out. Instagram. Just out. Out cold. Like he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Have they hit you with anything? Yeah. Any kind of rookie hazing or anything? No. I, and I'm, it's kind of making me scared because usually it's kind of off the bat. And it's kind of makes me feel like they're kind of like just up, kind of like building up for it, like something big. So I'm kind of always just watching, you know, just kind of not saying anything, just kind of just going about my day. And, <laughs> not talking to anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just saying, hey, how you doing? Just, just walk away. Before they can say, hey, I'm nope, walking away. Hey, listen, don't get too many hits. <laughs> don't get too many hits. You'll make a name for yourself. Here right. they come. Already, already. Yeah, so. All right, man. Well, we, hey. We, 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 already get, we already get stuff for our, for, our um, for your first hit, so I can only imagine what it's like for your first home run or something like that. So, Well, let's make that yeah. happen. Let's make that happen. 
Okay. You do that. <laughs> you do that. Deal. You do that. All right, man. Well, Daniel Johnson, uh, wrapping up your garage tequila there. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow Daniel on Twitter at JetJohnson707, 707, I should say that right. Instagram at Jet underscore Johnson7. Uh, check out the clothing line, uh, God Family Ball, GFB Apparel. You can reach out to him. They got masks. They got T-shirts. Really cool, actually. Uh, like you said, a really cool logo. Uh, and if you want more info on that, you literally look up pretty much any Indian, and they're wearing some GFB either mask or T-shirt, which is awesome. So, hey, listen, man, we really, really appreciate you coming on with us, spending a little bit of time with us here tonight. We're uh, we're so excited, as you can tell by talking to us about, I think, what you've got, uh, what's coming for you and the things that you're going to be able to do for our favorite team uh, here in Cleveland right, right. Uh, for years and years and years to come. So, hey, man, we appreciate you. Uh, good luck this season. Uh, and let's see that first home run sometime soon, yeah? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. All right, man. Been fun. And once again, that was Cleveland Indians rookie outfielder Daniel Johnson uh, joining us, telling us some great stories, not being able to tell us some, I'm sure, great stories, uh, but – it was a great time talking to him about uh, how crazy life has been, uh, his journey into the major leagues, and and of course getting able to being able to talk to a guy about his first major league hit is a uh, is a pretty good time. So thank you to Daniel Johnson for joining us. Uh, uh, check out his clothing line that we were talking about, uh, and and we appreciate him coming on and having some garage tequilas with us. So with that being said, that's going to do it for us here for this uh, episode of Garage Beers. Chad, Joe, do you guys have anything uh, anything to add? No, no. It was really fun talking to him, and I'm going to have to check out some uh, some GFB clothing. Yeah, yeah. I I thought what a cool what a cool idea, and and you know just the uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of a 25 year old uh, made me again just kind of rethink my life because <laughs> <laughs> I did not have that. So. Uh, shout out to Daniel. We're excited to watch him develop, uh, hopefully for a long, long time with the Indians. Uh, what a great guy. And, and we're so grateful he came on. So it's going to do it for us. Tune in for our next episode. Oh, Chad, you got something? Hey, hold on. Hold on. What kind of spirit did you have at 25, Mike? <laughs> Not on. Entre- well, I had plenty of spirits at 25. None of them were entrepreneurial. Uh, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for us. Tune into our next episode. Go follow us on, on our social media pages. Uh, you can catch the page at the garage beers on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also find the page, uh, the garage beers podcast on Facebook and then around the horn. I'm garage beers, Mike garage beers, Chad, and we got garage beers, Joe as well. Thank you as always for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Cheers, everybody. Progressive presents forest metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.